Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Great to have you with us. Those of you that are faithful uh, watchers, welcome back. Those of you that may be new, so glad to have you with us. And uh, if all of us could continue to help, invite others in to join us for these times of prayer, reflection on the scriptures, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Promise you that. This is always solid stuff, especially for those of us that want to build a culture of life and end the tragedy of abortion. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you today. We are your people. We are the people of life. We know who you are. Lord, we're not wandering around with question marks on our faces. We know who you are. Obviously, Lord, we always have much more to learn. But the truths that you have revealed to us, we take for certain, and we're not going to let anybody take that certainty away from us. That is why we can turn to you with firm repentance for our sins, because we know the difference between sin and virtue, and we also know of your mercy. That's why we can confidently proclaim your word to others, because we know it does not come from us. It is truly your word, and we are convinced of that. And we can have confidence that we will have victory, because the victory is already in you. It has already been won in Christ. We just have to proclaim it, celebrate it, serve it, apply it to all the different facets of our world. So be with us, Lord, as we go into your word. May we find it as it truly is, living, effective, more sharp than any two-edged sword, capable of both judging and uplifting our hearts. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The book of the prophet, Isaiah, the prophet Zechariah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, there shall yet come peoples, the inhabitants of many cities, and the inhabitants of one city shall approach those of another and say, Come, let us go to implore the favor of the Lord, and I too will go to seek the Lord. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to implore the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, Ten men of every nationality speaking different tongues shall take hold, yes, take hold of every Jew by the edge of his garment and say, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I also want to read this gospel passage uh, from the Gospel of Luke. When the days for Jesus to be taken up were fulfilled, He resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. Now, we know our religion brings us into a one-to-one relationship with God. Nobody's going to be 
answering for us at the judgment. We have to answer for ourselves, for the gifts and the call that God gave to us, our own response, our own responsibility. And there is a one-on-one personal relationship with the Lord Jesus that each of us has. But that's not the end of the story. Come, let us go to implore the favor of the Lord. You see this zeal, this joy coming through in this reading from Zechariah? People running to one another, to the next town. Come, let us go seek the favor of the Lord. There's an enthusiasm about the faith. First of all, if you love God, you want others to love Him. Because you love Him. So for Him to be more loved is pleasing to you. And if you love your neighbor, you're going to want them to love the Lord because of the salvation and the joy and the peace and the eternal life that they get from that. Instead of the wretched life of sin. So come, let us seek the Lord. We're gonna, this is a, you know, it's a beautiful image because Zechariah is writing at the time that, you know, some of the uh, exiles, not, not all of them, but, but, but some of them came back and they were rebuilding the, the temple, but it was hard. They needed the encouragement of the prophets. Zechariah, Haggai, they needed the encouragement because they were facing uh, uh, terrible odds. People were against them. Samaritans, they didn't want them to be rebuilding the temple. They needed encouragement, and there was a remnant. This was, the, this was the remnant, a small number. And God is encouraging them, and the prophet Zechariah is encouraging them and said, don't you worry, you rebuild that temple. The fulfillment of this covenant is coming. And here Jerusalem, my friends, represents, represents us now, the body of Christ, and taking the hold of the garment of the Jew. We are the fulfilled Jews. We are the ones building on that first covenant. We now have the eternal covenant in Christ. And it was all in preparation for this. So this is talking about us in our zeal for the gospel of Christ, the kingdom of God, and the body of Christ, the church, to bring everybody in. And it shows that the disciples of Christ are not simply focusing on that one-on-one private relationship. Sure, Jesus said, go in private in your room and pray. We have to have that solitude, we have to have the ability to encounter God in the deep, personal, one-on-one dimension of it. But that needs to inflame us then to go grab hold of everybody else and say, come. Do people see your zeal for the faith? Isn't that supposed to be some private, private, secret thing? Oh, 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 I, I, yeah, I believe, I, I, I believe, but, you know, to each his own. No, not to each his own. Yes, everybody has the freedom to generously search for and find and embrace the truth. But we don't just leave them to their own to do it without help. How shall they believe in him unless they hear? How shall they hear unless someone preach, St. Paul said. It's not that we force anybody. It's that we proclaim the good news which has been released to everybody. It's not for some secret, private, elite group of people. Nobody in the church that's going to add to the scriptures. There's nobody in the church that's going to add to the catechism. There's nobody that's going to add to or improve upon the deposit of faith that we've received from Christ. And that gives us this zeal. Taking someone, taking hold, it says, taking hold of every Jew by the edge of his garment. In other words, I want to share fellowship with you. I want to share the privileges that you share. I want what you have. Is that how we make people feel when they see us serving the Lord? 
make them feel they want what you've got. They want that meaning in their life. That faith, that joy, that peace, that generosity, that ability to bear patiently trials, that ability to forgive. They want what you want. That confidence in Almighty God when you face all the garbage that's going on in the world, things are falling apart. How do you have that serenity? Where do you get that calm? I want what you've got. It's because you've got the Spirit of God and praise the Lord. That Spirit has been released for everybody to take advantage of. But you can't leave people to their own devices. Oh, don't worry. They'll find the Lord when they're ready. Maybe they're, when they're going to be ready is when you tell them. And so the disciples were out there zealously proclaiming the gospel as we see in this gospel passage. And the Samaritans didn't receive them too well and they got angry. Now this is, I know the feeling. Being rejected, there's plenty in the church. we got a culture of shunning in the church today. People don't like somebody because of their politics. They don't like somebody because they're jealous, because they're envious, because they're pricking their conscience, because they're too pro-life. Oh, I know all about it. And there's this shunning that takes place. Oh, we don't want you here. Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? You know how many times I felt like that? I feel like it right now in terms of some people. The Lord rebukes them. Why? Because He knows the shallowness of that reaction. That's why. Was it at its deepest root a rejection of Christ? No, there were national prejudices between the Samaritans and the Jews. So Jesus is essentially saying to these disciples, listen, yeah, you know, they're acting stupid, but it's shallow, it's superficial. Let's give them some space to come to the Lord eventually. Don't consume them with fire. But you know, this should be a warning to us about prejudices within the body of Christ. There's too much of it going on. Culture of shunning. People shun others just because somebody else said something bad about them. You know how many people have said to, to those in the church, for in various sectors of the church who are doing excellent work, people in the church who have said, oh, we don't want to deal with that person, we don't want this ministry in our church, we don't want that person speaking in our parish, we're not going to approve this gathering or this, this uh, ministry, just because somebody else said something bad about them, but if their life depended on it, they couldn't say, what that person did wrong. Now, if a person is in fact preaching heresy, then point out the heresy to them and to everybody else. And then you've got an objective guiding, a guide, guidepost outside of your personal prejudices. But if you can't point to anything external, if you can't say, listen, I know exactly what this person did wrong. I know exactly what the problem is. Something different than, oh, somebody else said so. No matter what position that somebody else has, be careful. Because you may simply be passing on the prejudices of somebody else. It's wrong to pass on the prejudices of somebody else. You've got to think for yourself. That's what these people who, who would not welcome Jesus did. They didn't look for themselves. What is this man saying? What is this man doing? What are the good works flowing 
from his hands or the instructive words flowing from his lips. Who is this? Let us look and see for ourselves rather than just buy into some kind of widespread prejudice. Oh, because some other people don't like him, then neither should we. And, and you know, it's when religious people, especially those with positions of influence and leadership, do this that it is most distressing. I want to tell you a story. Somebody just told me this the other day. Some people in a parish, it was a Catholic parish, were handing out copies of the Constitution. As they were just going up to their fellow parishioners, not in church, outside on the sidewalk, going up to the, their fellow parishioners and giving them copies of the Constitution. We have various groups, patriotic groups in America who who do that. We're all living under the Constitution. It contains the Bill of Rights, our free speech, our freedom to be in that church, the freedom of that church to function in society, the Bill of Rights. And we're living under the Constitution. We're protected by the Constitution. All our laws are made in, are supposed to be made in line with the Constitution. So what exactly would be wrong with giving people a copy of the Constitution? Well, the pastor objected to it. The pastor objected. We're not giving out the Communist Manifesto. We're not giving out pornography. Yeah, object to those things, why don't you? We're not giving out Planned Parenthood leaflets. We're giving out the United States Constitution. And the pastor objected. And when the people who were doing it asked him why he's objecting, oh, he said, you ready for this? You probably know what it is. If you're paying attention to the garbage happening these days in the church. Oh, it's political! It's political. The Constitution of the United States, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom to bear arms, the right to a speedy trial. The Congress, the Supreme Court, the executive branch, the the structure of our government, voting, elections, representation of the people, the Constitution of the United States. No, 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 no. No, don't give that out as political. I'm dwelling on this because, brothers and sisters, you and I have received that Spirit of God that these readings are talking about. You and I have the the zeal, the joy. When we have that joy that the prophet Zechariah is talking about, that zeal that the apostles are expressing there, and we want to take people to this. We want them to grab onto our garment. We want them to want what we've got. We want to bring them to this Savior of the world. And we want to share with them all the good things, including the kind of freedom that our Constitution represents. And we run into these walls of prejudice. It's a form of prejudice. This pastor should be ashamed of himself. I'm not going to let people give out the Constitution. It's political. What would you prefer? That we not have a Constitution? What would you, what, what would you prefer? That we live under some kind of Marxist dictatorship? Well, it's coming fast if you buy into the Democrats. I wonder who that pastor voted for. Ah, this is just, it's just ridiculous. We use that as an example, brothers and sisters, of exactly the kind of thing we have to avoid and resist.
The day will come where they will lay hold of their garments and say, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Let us pray. Lord, you are with us. May we exude the, the zeal and the joy and the peace that come from your Spirit. Thank you, Lord God. May we be filled with eagerness both to bring others to the faith and to allow them to ask for fellowship with us. Lord, bless all the needs of your people. Hear all our prayers. And we join all those petitions together now in offering the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, friends, great to have you with me. Again, bring others in. We'll have a lot more to say as the week goes on. The Word of God, the Word of life. Let's continue to build the culture of life, come against this evil of abortion. Do more than ever. And join me again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.